It's the Dogcast, episode 189, bringing you up to date on spring practice. It's the Dogcast, episode number 188. This is the Dogcast, your 100,000-watt flamethrower, coming to you from deep beneath Sanford Stadium. It's Monday morning, and we don't have the thundering cleats of the dog team over above us on the Sanford field like we did on Saturday. But old dog, we had our first practice in full pads on Saturday. The boys were upstairs in Sanford Field for their first practice of spring. Had a 90-minute workout. Yeah, we had the periscope up, saw some good runs by uh Running back by the last name of Thomas. Carlton Thomas. Look, it looks good. Speedster. A uh, lot of fights. You know, nothing major, but a lot of scrimmages. Uh, look good. The intensity is there. I think, I think the fact that the defense has just been so maligned over the last little bit, uh, I think they've taken it to heart and hopefully they're going to be out to prove themselves this year that they can actually tackle and stop some people. Yeah. So we had we had a bunch of juniors from high school in here this past. Three hundred guys came out to watch the watch the practice. Really high intensity practice. Um, you know, like you said, the big talk was was Carlton Thomas, five foot seven, had two touchdown runs, had one run where he absolutely punched Justin Houston in the mouth. Yeah, put him down to the ground. Had Marcus Washington like he was dragging an anchor, dude. Yeah. I mean, really, really explosive back. I'm telling you, stop me if you heard this story before. The kid hits the hole fast, runs fast. When he gets tackled, he gets up fast and runs back to the, uh, runs back to the huddle. This guy is an explosive running back, but he's real small. He is. And, you know, you worry about him being able to, play a full 12-game season, taking the hits, and you also, at that size, worry about his blocking ability, not from the fact that he doesn't know what to do, but just the fact that he's going to be outgunned. Can I he mean, stop an SEC linebacker? Right. You've got a guy 220, 230 coming at you full speed, and you're sitting there a buck 50. Yeah. You know, that's just not a good matchup. Right. That's not a matchup we, we can win right. all the, all, as often as we'd like. And, you know, I think what we're going to end up with, as much as I hate it, we're probably going to end up in like a three-rotation running back mm-hmm. situation anyway. These guys are going to be looking at 10 to 15 carries each. Yeah. You're going to have Caleb King. They're calling Carlton Thomas a change of pace back. Kind of like... Uh, kind of like Tron Jackson was to Herschel Walker. That's right. Back in the day. Change of pace back, dog fans. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, have a guy come out and kind of speed things up a little bit. Well, and you know, and I guess having fresh legs isn't going to be bad either. Although, you know, I love to see one number one running back just pound it, pound, pound it, it, pound it. Get a feel for the game, get a rhythm for the game, and yeah. really start rolling Start working with that offensive line. You know, I mean, there's something to be said for that, but I don't think that's going to happen. And no. Uh, you know, that's the cards we're dealt, so we're going to play with them. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Offensive line looks good. 
Coach Searles, busy numbering his boys. You yeah. know, a lot of people, we have a lot of guys not participating on offensive line in spring spring practice. And a lot of people think that's, you know, bad. But I got to tell you, I think uh, it's not so bad to have these new kids like uh, Dallas Lee and uh, uh, Cordy Glenn, Cordy who, Glenn. Who got a lot of playing time last year. But right. These kids getting a, their own little spring practice without having, you know, the big boys like Ben Jones and Josh Davis looking over their shoulder all the time. Yeah. I think getting more Start snaps. Advance, sure. You know gets, that getting more snaps for the young kids, I think, may pay off in the fall as injuries and stuff take their toll, even minor injuries. Well, I hope so because you know, as good as we may be at quarterback, as good as we may be with all our running backs and everything else, as we've talked about before, if you don't have an offensive line that can open holes and protect, then you don't have anything. You're right. And as we've often said, a great offensive line will make a good quarterback and a good running back look great, and the opposite's true. A good offensive offensive line line will make a great quarterback and a great running back look good to mediocre. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right, dog. You've got to have the horses up front. And, um, you know, on defense, you know, this year it looks like so far the defense is a little bit ahead of the offense, which is pretty standard for this time of the year. It is. And I think they've, and, you know, I think they've got something to prove too. Mm -hmm. I think they've heard, you know, for a long time about, you know, tech, this and that. Florida. Not just, you know, what happened. Defensive breakdown. Laid down, just everything. And it really does look like that they, uh, have put it together, and they are coming out with something to prove, which they really need to do. Lots of they, fights. They need to play with a chip on their shoulder the entire year. We had lots of fights in practice yeah. you know, on Saturday. And I'll tell you, we've touched on this before, but I don't think I explained it fully. This year in the workout room inside the Butts Mirror, they've got... Um, They've got uh, this big clock with six-inch high red letters counting down hundreds of the second to the Oklahoma State game. The workout mats where the guys are doing their dead, uh, doing leg presses and stuff like that, have the date, the time, and vital stats about the Georgia Tech game from last year, the Florida game, and the date of our next meeting with those guys. We need to be pissed off about what happened to our defense in the second half of the season last year. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think from a mentality standpoint, Standpoint, our coaching staff on defense is trying to get that done. Well, and, and they need to. And hopefully, too, they're going to coach with some desperation, even though Coach Rick gives lip service to how good they are and how wonderful Martinez is and everybody else. They have got to know that they cannot have another year like they did last year. Mm-hmm. And any of them keep their jobs or, be, or have anything going exactly. on. Exactly. And, uh, you know, too, as loyal as Coach Rick is to them, they need to have some loyalty back to him because I tell you what, he has put himself and possibly his job on the line too, retaining these To protect these, these guys. I because agree. as you know, if I had been Coach Rick, Willie Martinez would have seen the door a long time ago. Yeah, Jansek, Jansek and uh, Martinez, those guys are going to have to come up with something special this year, and it's going to have to last for a full 12, 13 games. Yeah. Uh, Aaron White. The skinniest tight end in the SEC. That's right. Lightest weight tight end in the SEC. Had a touchdown pass. Hardly know he's out there. Exactly. He's just like he's like wind going by. Touchdown him. reception. Uh, you know we're moving the ball around. Uh, Chappas and Munzenmeyer getting some balls. Uh, yeah. Getting some balls out of the backfield. Chris Durham, Mike Moore catching balls. It looks like we have laid the dreaded Martrez Milner disease. I hopefully they hopefully. have. I think they found a. Uh, 
We're still inoculating. The, we're washing our hands. We're using that little bacterial Doing foam. everything we can, that but ain't. hopefully, and they sterilize the locker room, mm-hmm. and hopefully that is over with. Working it's hard gone, on that. It's gone like polio. A lot of fundamentals being taught right now. As, Keontae Tripp, back on defensive line, closer to Rodney Garner, further away from Stacey Searles. Which is a good thing probably for everybody. It's a good thing for everybody. Keontae Tripp getting a little more comfortable on the other side of the ball, back where he used to be. Yeah, and back, you know, when he came out, he I think he was a four-star guy you know how much we put into stars oh, we but love those stars. you know hopefully he's more comfortable and lord knows we can use as many good defensive ends mm-hmm. uh, as we can because that really is one position where we were lacking last year and doesn't look like we've got you know made a whole lot of improvement this year so sure. hopefully that'll come along and some of these guys will step up but uh, all in all, you know, and it was just Carlton Thomas kid. 70-yard run. It was good to see a back with some breakaway speed. Absolutely. Because as good as Sean was, that was really the one knock on him, is he just didn't have that breakaway speed. And it's nice to have somebody, you know, I guess probably Thomas Brown was the last guy we had uh, that really could take it to the house. Really? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, and still, he didn't do it as much. As I, I'm telling you, the last back we had that could really turn the corner and get to the box Robert Edwards. Robert Edwards, yeah. baby, because that's Robert Edwards. But you know, ball. but it was it was good to see a back out there that instead of getting run down was pulling away. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree with that. So you know, still it's early in the spring, guys. We got a long ways to go. Uh, leading up to that big G Day game on April 11th, as we stated before, and I want to get back on this, <clears throat> the game on April 11th. It's free to the public, totally free to the public. They're trying to pack it out because it's going to be televised. And because it's going to be televised, I want to encourage more people than ever to come out. If you ever wanted to take your, you know, if you want to take your two-year-old or your three-year-old to a game and you don't have to worry about them running around and making noise and pissing people off, this is the game to take them to. Yeah. Gates are open. It's totally free. You know, this is a good game to take your kids to. Let's try and pack this thing out. April 11th is going to be a big day for the dogs. Should be. Let's do it. Now, that's spring ball. One other thing I want to talk about uh, is this this malicious rumor that's being started and spread exclusively by the Atlanta Sports Council. Damon Evans has said that there's nothing to talk about. He said there are no talks at all. Jacksonville being torn, you know, us going to some kind of neutral, neutral, home, home, Athens, Gainesville, Atlanta, Jacksonville... You know, this crap comes up about every three or four years when the contract gets close. You know, it's either, well, you know, we're not going to renew it because Jacksonville hasn't done this, that, and this. You know, they got to, you know, step up police. They got to get better hotel rooms. They've got, you know, then it's something else. It's something else. They have played, they started playing the game in Jacksonville. I think it was 1918. That's right. And except for two years when they were rebuilding the Gator Bowl. That game has been played in Jacksonville since 1933. Yes. It is a unique venue for football. It is a unique game. Half the stadium is Georgia. Half the stadium is Florida. It needs to stay in Jacksonville. And it's just like the Red River rivalry goes. You know, that those are some unique things. They're fading away. More and more schools are doing away with this stuff, and we don't need to do it. Because I tell you what, 
Playing a game in a dome in Atlanta is akin to playing damn football on a Thursday night, yeah. and we leave that up to the South Carolinas of the world. Exactly. It's don't 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 fall for this argument that we you know a few years of frustration. We need to change it because old dog, as you remember, I remember the last time we were on a home home basis with yeah, Florida. Yeah, it was not very pretty. Played a game in Athens. Played a game in Gainesville. That didn't work out for us yeah. good either. And I'll tell you what, if you're a fan. And you like going to the Georgia-Florida game every year? If it goes home and home, you're yeah. going to see it every other year because you ain't going to get a ticket yeah, to your Florida, Your Georgia-Florida trip is going to be cut in half yeah. because you're not going to make – one, Gainesville is a dreadful town. It's hard. Dreadful town. You're not going to get that many tickets, and the and it's just not a place no. you want to go ever. No, the school's going to get twelve, fifteen thousand 15,000 tickets, and that's going to be it. And I'll tell you what, they're not going to be a whole bunch of them on eBay or out front because Florida – loves to beat Georgia. None of Atlanta's arguments are hold any water. No, and and we have no and as and as Georgia people, we have Atlanta is not magical to us. It doesn't do anything. No. For us. No. We don't I mean, we don't play in Atlanta. We no. play in Athens. No. If you want to go to a neutral site, hell, may as well move it to Charlotte. You might as well Minneapolis or hell them New Put, it, put it in the Coliseum out in LA. It holds a whole lot of people. Oh hell yeah. I mean let's just pick a stadium. If you we're know, just gonna start picking stadiums. Yeah, and if you need money and you want more people, which of course the dome doesn't have, maybe we can go up and uh play in the horseshoe. The home home doesn't work because they listen. Just like you said, old dog, Florida has been successful over the past little bit because they've got better damn players and better damn coaching. Absolutely, we need to fix the problem. Yeah, it ain't got nothing to do with what damn stadium we play. In. It, it don't matter where we play. I'll tell you what, we could have played on the moon last year, and Florida would have beat our ass. I want to play. I want to see a Georgia Florida game every year. If we go home home, that's not going to happen. No, I don't want to ever be in a dome for any football game, bowl game or, or not. If I don't. Have have to be. Right. And the thing is, too, there Jacksonville just has unique. It's right there on the river. You got the landing. You've got tons of tailgating areas around it's the stadium. Super, super. You fantastic. have none of that in Atlanta. And this whole argument, too, about, well, it, you, suddenly, like, the, suddenly everything's different now. Different than it was. Now the SEC's tougher. You know, they make the argument, we can't afford to give up a SEC home game in the competitive SEC. Forget for a second that the team that's won two out of the last three national championships is also giving up a home SEC game right. to come play in a 50-50 stadium in Jacksonville. Okay? And this whole thing about it, Jacksonville's not really neutral and it's in Florida. That's all. All, it's, oh, that, that's, it's all bullshit. That's crap. And it's I'll all tell you, crap. And I'll tell you what. The Florida fans back in the 70s and 80s felt exactly like we do now. Yes. And finally, the most compelling argument is to talk about this. You think Urban Meyer's like thinking like, oh, I wish I could get it back in Gainesville. We look scared. We, it look, makes we look, look like pussies. We look like a bunch of pansies. Yeah. Oh, we can't win in Jax anymore, so we need to make it home home. Or let's just have some of them in Atlanta. It makes us look bad. Yeah. It, it it it's bad for Georgia on so many levels and needs to be swept. Right, and here's the deal: unless it's a bowl game, Georgia Tech plays football in Atlanta, not the University of Georgia. Exactly. It is, we got nothing to do with Atlanta. Here's the deal, dog fans: if you agree with us, call Damon Evans seven zero six five four two nine zero three seven seven zero six five four two ninety. 37. Call him. Leave him a message. You're not going to get Damon Evans on the phone. Leave him a message. 
They take lunch off every day, I think from 12 to 1. And Or email him, devans, letter D, Evans, at sports.uga.edu. Give him an email. Tell him that we ain't scared of playing in Jacksonville. We don't care about playing in a dome. We don't want to go home home. We have plenty of that. We want this one special traditional game. And that's exactly what it is. It is unique to college football. I think we're down to where there are only two games like that that are played on a neutral site where the tickets are split, and we need to keep those. And we're not so wimpy, and we're not so short-sighted that we let 10 or 15 years of you know, futility sully 100 years of tradition yeah. in football. I mean, let's remember who still has the... Who, who still has won the most games. Exactly. We still own the Dagum schedule. I mean, we own the dang series record. So let's get our head out of our butts and start winning some football games in Jacksonville, and you'll hear a lot less of this let's move it to Athens thing. Dog fans, that's it. If you agree with us, give us a call at 706-534-1516. If you disagree with us... Call us anyway. Call us anyway. We won't pay any attention to it, but yeah. at least it'll help you we'll out. We'll just delete it and tell you, talk about you behind your back. But it's 706-534-1516, or you can email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Go dogs. That's it.